You're listening to audio from First Christian Church. To find out more about us or to donate to our ministries, visit firstabq.org. Can we thank the kids one more time? I also wanted to say special thanks for all of our musicians, all of our tech crew. I I know you guys are like me and you're regularly thanking them, but I just want to encourage you to do so, especially on a weekend like this, right, where the holiday is right on top of of a weekend and the days run together. So we are especially thankful for their work. And we're glad to be with you on Christmas Day, that you've chosen that this is the way you want to start your week, that you want to start your, your holiday. It's great to get to celebrate together. And I just have to tell you, First Christian is a great place to be. So if you're looking for a group of people to travel through life with, I'll tell you we're not perfect. I mean, we don't have it all together. But we welcome you in following Jesus with us because we're learning together what that looks like. And today, I don't want to spend a long time. In fact, I want to spend a very short time with us talking about a question that might be a surprising one. So Jesus was born... So what? What does that really mean? What's the point of Jesus being born? I mean, was Jesus born so that we could get gifts? I hope so. I mean, it's been fun this weekend. Was was Jesus born just so that he could save us, so that he could die? Why was it that Jesus was born? I I think a lot of us might settle for an answer that, that Jesus came because he was just coming to die. That that's what he was all focused on doing. And so I want to spend a little bit of time on that today, briefly, by one of the verses that we read over here with the kids, and let that open up our hearts and open up our lives for the coming year, especially as we reflect on this one that's just passed us by. That term incarnation, the coming, the enfleshment of Jesus, is not one that gets a lot of attention. We, spend, we tend to spend a lot more time on other things about who Jesus is. And is it true that, that Jesus came and he died? Yes. Is it true that Jesus gathered up our sins and represented us to God and helped represent us to God? That is much, very much true. But that death aspect is kind of the worst part of the story. It's the hardest part. If you look at where this change begins to happen, it's through the incarnation. It's through the coming of Jesus to be in the flesh. And it doesn't stop with the cross. The cross is made all the more powerful by the empty tomb. Am I right? That it continues forward, that this resurrection life moves into the beginning, into every beginning day, into every beginning year. In fact, What I want to do today is maybe make us think very practically about the incarnation. Are you like me that sometimes you think about God just being out there? That this mysterious, nebulous, dark God is somewhere out in space, but he's out there, far away. Richard Rohr talks about God definitely being out there, but that there's a very important part of God being known in here. 
And that's one of the beautiful things about God coming as Jesus in the flesh, is that he lets us know that he's out there and everywhere, but he's also in here. He's with us. He is Emmanuel, God among us, and is able to be known. In John 1.14, we hear that the Word of God lived among us, dwelled among us. And that is a beautiful thought that's not just an idea, but it actually changes our flesh, changes the breath that we draw. Jesus provides for us this encounter, this face-to-face encounter with who God is. And I know many people may reject that there was a historical Jesus or reject that he actually did come in the flesh. Even though there's a mountain of evidence that that is exactly what happened, it's up to them. But I want you to think about the incarnation. The very fact that God came changes us. God surrendering himself to flesh coming inside of this world that he's created, changes that creation forever. Changes you. Even when we don't recognize it and perceive it, even when we close our ears off to it. Because what happens is that the spirit and the physical body come together. This world that's immaterial, that's in our minds, that's untouchable, that's out there, comes to find a home in a body, in a material place, in time and space. So the physical and the spiritual come together in a beautiful way, where what's outside and what's inside are united. Now the phrase that I wanted you to catch, this is the only one that you have to catch for today, is in verse 17 of chapter 1 of Luke. The writer describes what John the Baptist's mission was. And the mission was for him to make ready a people of God. To make ready a people prepared for the Lord. And it goes on to say that John the Baptist, his mission was to come and turn the hearts of Israel to the Lord. Now that's strange. I thought Israel already knew the Lord. I thought they already had the Torah. I thought they already had the traditions. I I thought they already had all of things like the temple. And yet John the Baptist's mission is to turn the hearts of people that are seeking God to the Lord. To make ready a space for God to truly dwell among them. It's kind of always been God's mission. It's kind of always been God's path. He's always been looking for ways to dwell among us. And John the Baptist in particular was given this mission. A mission that's full of the power of Elijah, full of the Holy Spirit, of preparing hearts and turning them towards Jesus, turning them towards God. What I'm describing for you is not a hocus-pocus magic trick. It's not fairy dust. It's not something that's mythical. This is something real. And I want you to hear three things that I say all the time, and you'll, you'll recognize them. Those of you that are regular followers of Jesus here at First Christian, you'll know this. Here they are. God made you. God loves you. And God wants to live within you. 
These are some of the most true things that I can say about you, about each one of you, that God made you and God loves you and God wants to live inside of you. And this week, as we talked about last night, as energy gets thrown at you in the terms of joy or frustration or anxiety, as all of the different energies that are out there come towards you, I want you to understand that you are one who's made by God, loved by God, and one in whom God wants to live. And to transform those things that get put at you to actually draw upon the power of God through prayer, where you call out to God, asking for encouragement, asking for opportunities to serve, where you draw upon Scripture. In fact, if you need a couple that you can plug into, if you really need a few that you can draw energy from, I'll give you two. One from Romans chapter 8, verse 10 and 11, and the other from Galatians 2, 19 and 20. If you need a place to really draw on the indwelling presence of, of God, then these are two great ones. In Romans 8, 10 and 11, it says that if Christ is in you, even though the body is dead, the spirit is life. When it feels like your life is dead, you're forgetting about the birth of Jesus. You're forgetting about the dwelling of God. So even though there's deadness around you, draw from the life and righteousness of God. In Galatians 2, the one that I just mentioned, it says, I have been crucified with Christ. So, even though I'm dead and I no longer live, what? Christ lives in me. You. God made you. God loves you. And God wants to live inside of you. And so at this Christmas, I invite you to cling on to the Emmanuel, to the God who is with us, to be a follower of Jesus first and foremost yourself, and to use that following of Jesus to develop others around you to follow Jesus, to dive in more deeply, so that together we can join John the Baptist in his mission, this mission of making ready a people prepared to follow the Lord. That's what we're all about. Let's pray. God, we thank you for the word that you give us. We thank you so much for your work in our lives. And we pray that you've made us ready to not just hear this message today, but to take it into our very spirit and heart and soul. To let your presence transform us. Transform our thoughts, our words, and our actions. And we pray your rich blessings on 2023. We pray your blessings on us as we close out this year in the strength and power of the Lord Jesus, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God now and forever. Amen.